I was this close to going to sleep, like so close to going to sleep. And I was like, nah, I got to do this for my people. You know what I mean? Come on, Karen. Welcome to the kingdom, everybody. Hi, guys. Welcome to the kingdom. (laughs) This is your host, the one and only King Cora. Happy Monday. It's been, I want to start off by talking about my week. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to start off talking about how this week was. And now that I'm thinking about it, that I just like started to reflect, I have no clue what happened this week. I'm now trying to remember, okay, what did I do this week? Um, oh God. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what day is it today? Wow, okay, I did nothing this week. I had a doctor's appointment on Monday for to see my surgeon. Um, just like a post-op, one-month post-op appointment. And the day before, I actually went to the ER because my incision, like, split open. Like, it was healing, and then it became a scab, and I was, like, picking at it because it was itchy. And then it just, like, split wide open. I don't know how to describe it for you guys to get the picture, but there's, like, a gate, like, a hole, like, a huge wide cut where, like, the stitches was. Like, it's just open, and I could just see flesh and, like, okay, sorry. I don't want to gross anybody out, but it's, like, I'm freaked out right now. It's freaking me out. I hate it. Like, every time I have to look at it, take a shower, dress it. It just makes me want to puke. So basically that's how my week started. I went to the ER and they didn't even do much. They just like put dressing over it and they were like, well, you have your post-op appointment tomorrow. So let's see what a surgeon says. And I kid you not, doctors, honestly, no wonder my mom wants me to be a doctor because they go through years of school just to look at you and do nothing. Like, they just sit in their office, see the patient for two minutes, and let the nurses and everybody else do the work. Like, he literally walked in, was like, oh, okay, I showed it to him. He wasn't even phased. He was like, oh, all right, it'll heal in a month. Bye. What? (laughs) I was so tight because I drove, like, 30 minutes to see him. And he was like, okay, yep, looks good. I'm like, looks good. Do you not see this wide, like, wound right here? He's like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, just cover it with the gauze pad. It'll heal in a week. See you. <laughs> no, it'll heal in a month. All right, see you in a month. I was like, what the fuck? So I just came home, and I mean, if he wasn't phased by it, why should I be phased by it? You know. So I was like, all right, if he doesn't think it's a huge deal, then I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it. But guess who's making a big deal out of it, you guys? My freaking mother she will not leave me alone i'm like mom the surgeon said it's fine it's gonna heal in a month she's like no she goes out and buys all these dressing she came to my room today with saline literally poor saline all over me today like my bed was wet my (laughs) oh my god bought all these like antibiotic creams and 
all this stuff and she's like no karen you have to go back like let me take a picture like this looks bad i'm like mama i know it looks bad but i'm not freaking out you're just stressing yourself out because the doctor said it's fine so if it's fine and it's fine she's like no you're really playing with fire here karen like you really need to understand that this can get infected oh my god she's just stressing me out so that's how my week has been <laughs> i have a whole a huge wound and now it's gonna take forever to heal but that's just for one one part like the other one's doing fine apart from that i think i had a good week but i'm really like i cannot remember and i don't know if it's because i was on 20 milligrams of adderall every single day <laughs> um i also think i have adhd so i honestly think i'm going to ask my doctor to prescribe Adderall for me because but then I just confessed that I just bought drugs that were not prescribed to me do not do that (laughs) don't do that okay I'm having a hard time remembering but I know I had a lot of schoolwork and I had a lot of presentations I had presentation in three classes back to back to back like three consecutive days so it was very tough but but I was fine after that. Um, yeah, I didn't really do a lot. Not that I'm thinking about it. Wow. Pretty uneventful week. There's a lot on my to-do list that I was supposed to do last week that I just have pushed to this week. And you know how it goes. That's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. You got things to do. You don't do them. And you push them for later. You keep the ball rolling. You know, eventually it'll get done. So this week I have a lot to do. I'm starting the gym again tomorrow because I took a month off because I was recovering but now I feel like I'm perfectly fine to start going again so I'm gonna start going again just get get back on the grind you know so I hope you guys are doing well I think I'm doing well no I am doing well I'm doing well I'm going to say that I'm doing well so that nothing can alter my brain to think otherwise you know so I'm doing fantastic I'm ready to take on this week and just get to it, you know? No time for wasting at all. Just get to it and and do what I got to do and keep it positive and keep it pushing. So you guys let me know how you guys are, how your week was. Apart from that, we're going to get into the actual gist of today's episode, which comes from the fact that, well, today's Monday. I was going to say today's Easter, but no, today's Monday. So yesterday was Easter And I didn't go to church. Oh, my God. I slept through everything yesterday. I woke up at, like, 2 p.m., even though I had made plans to get breakfast and then go to church and then go thrifting. I had a huge day planned for me yesterday. And then I woke up at 2 and was like, okay, well, I guess I can't do any of that. And then I ate some food and then went back to sleep, woke up at 7 again. So the whole day I just slept. But I think that's what my body needed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But anyway, this episode is brought to you by the fact that yesterday was Easter. There's been a whole lot of talk about God recently, right? And Andrew, (laughs) 
actually inspired this episode. No, he didn't inspire. He told me to make this episode. He said, Karen, you need to make an episode about who is God, you know? Who is God and how people can get close to him and have the level of understanding that I seem to have, even though I'm barely scratching the surface here. But I feel like I've gotten a better understanding of who he is and how to get access to him that a lot of my friends don't have. And I love talking to my friends about God because I understand that a lot of them do not have the same like upbringing or like moral background that I do. So I try to explain to them. I love getting people like closer to God and stuff like that. I realize that a lot of people might be listening and I know I reference God in a lot of episodes, but maybe we should do like an episode dedicated to him so you guys understand where i'm coming from when i make all these references and maybe for people who are struggling with their faith because i know having faith in this society is very hard we're gonna just talk about god religion relationship and how to really kind of live life knowing that you have somebody someone's got you you know i'm gonna start this episode by saying that i am not a pastor clearly like I do so much shit that will honestly disqualify me from even preaching the word of God because it's like, bro, what did you do last week? Let's really talk about it. No, but like I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff that's not good, like at all. You know, morally, I try not to lie. I try not to, you know, cheat. Actually, no, I don't. I cheat in in school and stuff. But I try not to, like, sin, really. I don't know. I feel like sin is subjective because what counts as a sin? No, that's wrong. See, I'm already fucking up. There, (laughs) I don't know. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? So I'm just saying that I am a sinner, like, wholeheartedly. I do a lot of things that are not good and will not be considered good. Like, you know, sometimes one week I will be so into God and listen to sermons every week and not listen to secular music and just not do anything like ungodly. Right. And then the next week I am like blasting Lil Uzi every chance that I get hitting dab pens and I don't know. You know, you get you get the picture. Just things that are just opposite of what I did the week before. So it really shows that it's hard. It's hard to live a life that is just godly and that is, you know, obedient and stuff like that because we are human. So we're going to fall weak to our flesh because the flesh, what the flesh wants is not what the spirit wants. I hope I'm making sense. But before we get into flesh and spirit and stuff, we're just going to talk about who God is, okay? I grew up in Ghana. And if you know any African country, especially West Africa, we're just very heavily on God. Like, I went to a private Christian school. We would pray every morning. Like I said, in one of my podcasts, every morning I would wake up at 5.30 to my grandma praying for literally everybody she knows. And then I would get up and do Bible study for the, all the kids in the house. And I would go to church every Sunday. I was in my church dance team and fashion team and just 
very Christian upbringing, you know? It kind of led me to a path of thinking, well, will I will I even believe in God if I wasn't brought up this way, you know? There was a point in my life, I would say maybe high school, early high school, late middle school, when I was in America, you know, I moved to America and a lot of that Christianity died down because I wasn't very submerged in it. You know, America is a free country where everybody gets to believe whatever they want. So Christianity is not really heavily, like, pounded on you as it is in Ghana. So I come here and everybody's just doing their own thing. And I'm thinking, well, why do I even have to stick to Christianity? Like, they are doing fine just the way they are, believing nothing. Like, why do I have to believe in God? Like, I remember one time telling my mom, why do I even have to believe in the Bible? A man wrote the Bible. She slapped me so hard. Oh, my God. I have never uttered those words ever again. But, yeah, I got to thinking, like, why do I even have to believe in God? If if I wasn't born in Ghana or born into this family, I would believe something. If I was born in Asia, I would believe a different thing. So why is it God that I'm choosing, you know? And there wasn't really an answer for that. Um... I just grew to understand that I was blessed in the upbringing that I had because it gives me something to lean back on. So if I am explaining who God is, I start by saying, well, the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? So it just shows you that God existed even before the heavens and the earth. Like he was just there. I don't, it it was a very like hard thing to wrap my head around because I think when people think of God, they think this man-made creature that Christians came up with, their view of God is very small. It's very limited to this earth. But when you understand that he was existing beyond time, beyond space, beyond anything, he was just there and then decided to create the heavens and the earth. So our minds really need to expand on who God is because he's bigger than this little earth that we're living in. And when people talk about the Big Bang Theory and all these other creation conspiracy theories, it's like, who did that? (laughs) Like, how, how, how did the Big Bang happen? Like, okay, if the Big Bang happened, how? The planets just decided to collide? I don't, I don't know. No, I don't. Evolution and all of that stuff. It's like, who made that though? You know, like somebody had to have made it. We understand that things can just magically appear. And if they magically appeared, how? Like there has to be a source behind that. So I don't care what your creation theory is. I just know mine that there is an existing source of light and power and energy called God who made this, who made everything. So once you understand that this God is all-powerful, existing beyond time and space, you understand that there's a limitless amount of possibilities. I've started this thing where I go around and I'm saying that I don't have sickle cell anymore. (laughs) And everyone thinks it's funny. Like, I don't know why, though. Everyone thinks it's funny. When I went to get my surgery done, they were like, do you have any existing medical conditions? And normally, this is where I would say sickle cell anemia if I was ever answering a survey or anything. But then he said that and I was like, nope, (laughs) nope, I don't have nothing. (laughs) And my mom was so mad that I did that because she was like, Karen, what if something happened to you? They need to know that information. I'm like, 
need to know what information. I don't have it anymore. Why would I say I have it if I don't have it? <laughs> you know, I'm like going with this theory that I don't have it anymore because God took it away. And it's funny when you think about it because sickle cell anemia is a blood genetic born thing. But then you understand that God is bigger than sickle cell anemia. Then you understand his possibilities. I've literally seen, well, I've not seen, but my grandma raised my uncle from the dead, like with prayer. So I know that there's no bounds to what God can do, you know? And I think people need to get rid of this view they have of God as this like authoritative figure, you know, old man sitting in a corner somewhere who's just judging everything you do and is just not allowing you to live life to the fullest because of all these rules and stuff. I think that's what I used to have of God is just like, oh my God, here we go again. Another thing that I can't do and another thing I can't do and I I, got to get rid of this and I got to get rid of this and I can't live life the way that I want. But then you start understanding that he is just a being that wants the best for you and just wants you to live life in the fullest, most abundant way of health and love and wealth and prosperity and all these good things that he genuinely wants for you. And all you have to do is just believe in him. It's so like, it's so sick because so many people would have so many problems solved or maybe just like a different lifestyle in general if they just believed in him. One thing that I love is that no matter how bad I fuck up one week or how long I go without talking to him or anything like that, he's just always there. It's like you can't escape him, you know what I mean? He's always there. He's just waiting for somebody to acknowledge him, you know? So once you literally just acknowledge him and be like, yo, all right, I know you're here. You see me. I can't see you, but I know you're here. He'll be like, okay, bet. Thank you for acknowledging that I'm here. I've been standing here the whole time. So thank you for finally acknowledging me. Now I'm going to show you what I can do in your life simply because you believe in me. It's just the coolest thing ever. It's like, I don't have to worry about anything because I believe in the person who created everything, like literally everything, everything. He has access to everything. As long as I just have to believe in him, I'm all set. You know, like I can trust my mother to maybe get something that I want one day or I can trust my friend to maybe answer a FaceTime call or something like that, you know. But what if one day they're busy and they don't answer the call when you need them? Or maybe my mom doesn't have money that month to get me this thing that I really wanted. Or your dad just leaves you. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to bring my daddy issues into it. All right, so okay, you know, yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> you have all these situations that can go wrong because we are depending on other humans. But when you have somebody to depend on that is all-powerful, you understand that there's no there's nothing that you cannot do. And there's no situation that cannot be turned around for you because of who you believe in. You know, I can go on. I have so many stories, so many stories of 
situations and i i know some of you guys have heard some of them situations where i had no control of what was going to happen so then i just leaned on somebody who does and somebody who can literally control everything and i was like yo god like i i can't do this myself you do it for me and one of my favorite stories that i've never told publicly but I'm going to tell now. And it's the craziest story ever. Because here I am. I go from heavily being Christian by force to especially when I was growing up, like from, you know, from a young age, to my whole life in Ghana, I was forced to be Christian. Like it was forced on me. So I come to America and, you know, I, lo- I loved God. I believed in him back then and all of that. But it was heavily ingrained in me that I had to do this and I had to say this prayer every morning and I had to do Bible study every morning. So then when you take me out of that situation and you bring me here to America, you know, my mom's not controlling. So she's not going to tell me to wake up every morning for Bible study. So I come here and it's like, oh, yeah, you can just do whatever you want. I mean, my mom made sure we we go to church every Sunday, but it was really like you can't really do what you want, you know. So from, let's say, middle school throughout high school, I would say things changed maybe till my first year of college, right? I was just living life on like cruise control, you know? I wasn't really heavily relying on God or anything. Like I would go to church and stuff. I would pray. I would go to church meetings. But I usually would only go to those church meetings because the boys there were cute. And (laughs) I just like wanted to hang around like cute teenage boys who were Ghanaian as well so I would just go to these like youth groups and stuff like that but I wasn't really there for God I was there to scout out my husband potentially (laughs) none of them made the cut by the way let me just say that but yeah you know I was not like I was not in tune with my faith and I think things changed freshman year of college when I literally thought the whole world was against me and when you like go through something like that where I just I had lost a lot of friends and a lot of people were mad at me like and when you have a lot of people mad at you at the same time it's like you don't know where to turn because everywhere you turn somebody's mad at you you know like I I just didn't feel connected to the people that I had around me because I thought they hated me or I thought and a lot of things these things were just blown out of proportion because like it's just what your brain does to you it makes you blow everything out of proportion when nobody's really caring about you like that you know nobody really cares nobody really cared but I was literally genuinely scared to go outside like I could not step foot outside my dorm for a long time because I was just so anxious and depressed and just hated myself. And like, it was just so bad. Like I would get up every morning, get ready to go to school or get ready to go to class. And the minute I put on my backpack, my brain is like, nope, the minute you walk outside, you're going to see someone that hates you turn back around and I literally would not leave. Like, and I missed so many classes and I was failing because like, I was scared to go outside. I Like, the world seemed so much for me at the time. I was not eating. I was crying to my mom every night. Like, it was genuinely, like, the most terrible place in my life I've ever been. Like, I never want to be there ever again. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm out of it, but it was, like, so scary, right? And I remember... There was this Bible study group, you know, that would meet like once in a while, like once a week or something. And I never went because 
I would always want to go with a friend. Every time these Bible study meetings were going on, like my friends have other plans, like oh, going out to eat or going somewhere else, you know. So I never went because I wanted to go with friends, and friends had other plans, and friends didn't want to go to these Bible study things. So when it got to a point where I felt so alone, and I felt by myself and stuff like that. And I genuinely did not have any friends, or I thought I didn't have any friends. I get an email saying, "Oh, Bible study is going on tonight. Like you guys should come." And I'm thinking, "Okay, well, I don't have any friends right now, and I'm not doing anything right now, and I don't have any friends to, you know, give me other plans. So I'm just gonna go to this Bible study, see what it's all about, you know." So I make my way there alone. I get there, and then I sit down, and then. <laughs> The funniest, like, God is just so funny, like, because he will really move you to do things that, like, it just, it's like, like, I, I, I don't even understand it sometimes. It's just hilarious. But hear me out. I sit down and he, they're like, okay, today's topic for Bible study is flaws. We're going to be talking about our flaws, inner and outer flaws. <laughs> And I was like, you're fucking kidding me because I just spent the entire month hating myself because I think I'm so flawed and I think I'm a terrible person because people don't like me and I just was so hyper-focused on everything that I thought was wrong with me. What a coincidence that I come to this Bible study for the first time and they're talking about flaws. I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see what you did there. Good one. Like, honestly, good one. You did good with that one. So then they talk about flaws and they talk about how how everybody makes mistakes and you are not defined by your mistake. We're all just growing and learning as we go. God loves you regardless. Just all these like positive things that I genuinely need. Like that saved my life. Like I genuinely needed to hear that because that helped me move forward, you know? So then after that, they're like, oh, we're having prayer next week. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have any friends still, so I'm going to go to the prayer next week. And I remember one of the things that was bothering me also at the time was the fact that I owed the school some money. I think I owed the school, like, pay attention to this number, okay? I owed the school 1200 And I owed my friends, like, I think $300 because I was putting a down, a down payment on an apartment. And I didn't have the money at the time. So I think in all, I needed 1500 And my mom was at school, was in school at the time. So she has her student loans. We've already maxed out on the, on the amount of loans that we wanted to take out. One thing that was bothering me was the fact that I needed 1500 And I needed it like yesterday, you know? So I'm just going around w- worrying about how am I going to get this $1,500, okay? And... They were like, you know, prayer next week. I was like, okay, I'm going to come. I need some prayers. I need to pray about this. So then the next week comes and the day of the prayer night is there. That I had such a busy day that day that I was like, damn, I don't know if I can go to this prayer night because I just I have so much homework. I have a lot of math homework to do and I haven't eaten. So then I told myself, okay, I'm just going to go to the go to the dining hall by myself And I'm going to eat while doing my homework. And hopefully I can finish both in time to go to this prayer night. The minute I walk into the dining hall, I don't really see anybody. I just sit down by myself and and I'm eating. And then in walks my friend 
who we weren't really close. I just, you know, like I was just acquainted with him. He spots me. He's like, yo, Karen, can I sit with you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He sits with me. He asks me what I'm doing. I'm like, I, I'm trying to eat and I'm trying to finish this math homework, but I have no clue what to do, but I need to finish it because it's due tonight. And if I don't finish this, I can't go to this, you know, prayer night that I like want to go to. And then he picks up my laptop and surprisingly, he's a math major. And he just finishes my entire homework for me while I'm eating so that I can eat and finish the homework at the same time. Talk about angels, you know? And the thing I love about God is that he can do stuff in your life, but he's obviously going to use people. You know, he can't just appear to you and do your math homework for you or appear to you and give you money. He's obviously going to use people. And people are going to think, oh, I just ran into this girl and I did her math homework for her. No, God sent you there for her that night, you know, or, oh, this person just randomly decided to cash at me some money that I needed and he didn't even need it. No, that was sent by God because God uses people without them even knowing, you know, you might think you're doing a nice gesture for somebody, but that's probably what somebody needed that day, you know. So he does my math homework for me. I finish eating. And then I'm like, wow, thank you so much. And then I have enough time to get to this prayer study or prayer night. So I go to this prayer night and we're just praying, praying. And the presence of God was really there that night. And I know this because people were, you know, obviously falling, screaming, crying. And I love the fact that I've been able to witness stuff like that. You know, like when people get touched by the Holy Spirit and they just fall to the ground or start screaming or start running and stuff like that that just based on that fact that I've seen those things alone throughout my entire life is what makes me believe God is real like nobody can tell me God isn't real because how do you explain somebody just standing there and then boom falling down to the ground how do you scientifically explain that once i get a scientific explanation for people falling under the holy spirit then maybe we can debate if god is real or not the fact that nobody can explain that in itself shows that there's a supernatural being out there you know and i don't know i have a i have a different demographic i know a lot of africans listen to this podcast but i also know that a lot a lot of you know, white people and stuff like that. Listen to this. So you may not know what I'm talking about, but you can be in church praying and the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is just God in a spirit form, will be so strong that some people can just fall down, like randomly without nobody touching them, just boom, pass out. Or they can just start laughing or crying or screaming out of nowhere like out of nowhere how do you explain that how do you look at me in the face and tell me god isn't real when i've seen that happen like you just nobody can tell me that you know i say all that to say that the presence of god was there on that prayer night because like people were falling people were screaming people were crying like it was just there everyone felt it so then i was like okay then the pastor said to pray for something that like you really need or something or just pray. And I kid you not, this is my exact words. I, I I wanted to pray about that 1,500 that I needed, like, you know. So I was like, God, 
I know you're here right now and I know you hear me. You need to do something about this money that I need. Like you need to do something because I can't do it. I cannot make money magically appear out of nowhere. So you do it like it's all on you. (laughs) You be easy over there, but you take control of that because I don't know what to do in this situation. And then that's it. That's all I said. And then prayer was over. I moved on to the next topic and I didn't even think about it again. I did not think about the money again. Mind you, I haven't even I can't even pick my classes because I've been put on hold because I need to pay. But instead of worrying about that anymore, I just already knew that I was like, okay, you know, I already told him to do something about it. So he's going to do something about it. So I don't need to worry. And I think prayer works best when you pray and you don't worry about it again, because it's kind of an insult to God if you pray and then you're still worrying about it because it's going to be like, yo, why? Why did you even bother praying to me? If you're going to be stressing about it again, like you already prayed to me, chill out. So that's exactly what I did. I just completely forgot about it. Okay. The next day, (laughs) the next day, guys, I go to work because I had a job. I had a little work study job at this elementary school and it's just kind of like a daycare program like I was kind of like taking care of kids after school and this woman walks in she's a French teacher at the nearest high school and me and her were like kind of like cool because she was the only black woman her children were the only black kids in that school (laughs) I'm not even lying to you guys her children were the only black kids in that school. They were Senegalese. So we kind of connected of the fact that we were both West Africans. So me and her were fond of each other. So next day I go to work and the lady looks at me and she's like, I'm having a French African night. And I want you to come to this, you know, French African night. Like it's going to be a night of, because she was a French teacher. So she's hosting like a, we're going to have French food and French performances and stuff like that at the high school. I was like, okay, bet, I'll go. The day of the French African night comes, and I didn't really want to go, but something was telling me, go, go, go. And it was raining that day. I was so tired that day. Like, a lot of things were pointing for me to just stay in bed. Something was telling me, nah, Karen, you gotta go. Like, you told her you'd be there, so you have to go. So I go to this French African night, and I go with my friend, and... We get there, we're enjoying the nights, blah, 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 blah. And then a lady approaches us and apparently she knows my friend. And she approaches us, random white lady, I've never seen her before. I was with my friend Kevin. She was like, is this your friend Kevin? Kevin was like, yeah, this is my friend Karen. She was like, oh, nice to meet you. Do you go to UMass Amherst? I was like, yeah, I go to UMass Amherst. She's like, oh, I work there. And I'm like, oh, cool. Where do you work? (laughs) She goes, financial aid offices. (laughs) You guys, like, what? Like, how? How is that real? How is that real? So as soon as she says financial aid offices, I like, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, it didn't even occur to me that, like, I needed some financial aid in that moment. But I was like, oh, cool. Like, nice to meet you. And then she looks me dead in the face. And she's like, yeah, if you ever need anything, let me know. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm thinking she's just being nice, you know. She's just being nice. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I don't really think much about it. I enjoyed the African night, you know, eat my French food and stuff like that. We bump into each other here and there. And then she's about to leave and she comes back to find me. And she's like, hey, Karen, it was so nice to meet you tonight. I'm leaving. But and then she grabs my hands with both of her hands. She grabs my hands and she looks me dead in the face like I'm looking into her eyes. And she was like, I'm so serious. If you ever need anything, please let me know. And 
I literally got shivers like right then and there. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I just met an angel. <laughs> That's literally the first thing that came into my mind. I was like, holy shit. That was an angel like right there. I was like, wow, okay. So she was being serious about letting her know. I was like, all right, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> so then I go home and I'm debating, do I email her about this, you know, 1200 that I need to be able to pick my classes because I didn't really know where I was going to get the money from. I Google her. I find out that she she's like the head of the financial aid services. She can basically do whatever. Like she has all the power, basically. So I'm like, damn. All right. So I emailed her. I was like, wow, like nice meeting you today. You said if I need something. <laughs> Coincidentally, I am in a bit of, I'm in a bit of a pickle here. So it would really be nice if you helped me, Suzanne. <laughs> And I I sent that email around like 3 a.m. I wake up the next day. She responded immediately at like 8 a.m. She's like, Karen, thank you so much for emailing me. Look at her thanking me for emailing her when I should be thanking her for even lending a helping hand in the first place. She's like, thank you so much for emailing me. Yeah, I actually have gone ahead and added a scholarship to your account. So it's going to cover the 1200 that you need and you're gonna have three hundred dollars over in return for you to spend and i was like what because if you guys remember i said i needed a thousand two hundred for my tuition and i also needed three hundred for this direct deposit that i owed my friends how did she just award me a thousand five hundred dollars scholarship that i needed and she was like yeah the thousand two hundred has been covered for your tuition you can go ahead and pick your classes for next semester now and you're going to get a balance of 300 that is just going to be given to you for you to keep. And I just like just started bawling because I remember my prayer so vividly when I said, God, I have no control over this. So please, you do what you can do because I know that you can do it. So just do whatever you can. But I really need help right now. And just a series of events just leads me to this lady who gives me the exact amount that I need. Ever since then, my faith in God has never been stronger. I, I, it sucks that I needed that experience to see that God was really there. But ever since then, ever since then, anything that I've ever needed, and I'm just like, yo, God, I can't do this myself. You do it. It has always happened. Like, it is, he has not failed me one time, okay? <laughs> so that's a little story that I wanted to share because that really just was like, wow. Like, wow, he was serious. Asking you shall receive. You're dead ass. You really wanted me to just believe in you and you do it. Like, that's really crazy. Like, thank you for real. Ever since then, I was just like, wow, okay. So he really hears you and he really will move things around. And the thing I love is that when you believe in him and you put your trust in him wholeheartedly, the world like will bend for you. Like doors will open. People will randomly come into your life. Things will just shape around for your greater good because there's nothing he wants more than to see you succeed. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, what you identify as, all that stuff. Forget every single thing that you've heard and just try to just talk to God one day because he's right there. Like he's literally everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. But once you just take the first step into acknowledging his presence, like, okay, you're here now, your life will really start to change. I promise you. It doesn't matter where you are. Like I can be in the deepest, darkest of thoughts 
thoughts so depressed so tired of this world because this world can be a lot like i'm not i'm not gonna lie it can be a lot for me like i get overwhelmed so easily then when i take a deep breath and i'm like okay i know i know a guy (laughs) i know a guy right here who is literally watching me talk about this podcast right now um very creepy actually i'm just kidding but i know a guy who has all of this under control and once you take the first step to just acknowledge his presence be like i believe that you're here he's gonna be like okay thank you for believing in me now i'm gonna show you what i can do in your life and it's the most beautiful relationship you could ever have if anybody is just doubting his existence please take it from me i've seen things that are impossible i've experienced things that should have been impossible the mere fact that i'm sitting here today is impossible like i am not supposed to be here today i don't think you guys understand that so everything i do everything i do i do it for his glory because i statistically should not be here today we already established that i don't have sickle cell anymore you know so let's get that out the way but as somebody who was growing up with sickle cell the chances were slim my mom's sister died from sickle cell when she was 16 i had a best friend called ellen she used to be my neighbor from like six to maybe nine no six till the minute i came to america she was my best friend in the entire world and we bonded over the fact that we both had sickle cell whenever she was in pain i knew what she was feeling like i come to america and she dies shortly after so i'm over here thinking damn like my chances of living are so slim because i've seen so many people die from this I've heard so many people die from this. Doctors growing up did not think I was going to be living till this age. All the odds were against my favor. You guys understand, whenever somebody goes into a sickle cell crisis, like for someone to die from sickle cell, one of two things happen. Either get really sick from something else and then their immune system can't handle it and they die. Or what usually happens is that it'll start with a crisis. It'll start with a regular normal crisis and the crisis will go into their lungs or their heart and then they die that's how it happens you know so every time i have a crisis which is which used to be often every time i would have a crisis that was a chance for me to die like (laughs) i hope you guys understand that like every sickle cell crisis that i've had in college last summer when i had one all throughout high school every sickle cell crisis that i've had i could have died like every time i have a crisis i'm thinking is this the last time I ever have a like is this how I die and I don't think you understand that's a scary thought for a teenager to have because every time I'm in a crisis and I'm calling the ambulance and I'm in so much pain I'm also thinking oh my god what if what if this is the one that finally kills me you know so statistically I'm not supposed to be here right now the mere fact that I'm just existing right now is just enough for me to be like wow thank you god because it means i'm here for a reason you know so yeah (laughs) andrew i don't know if this is the episode you wanted (laughs) we can talk about god more if you really want more explanation but i just want you guys to understand why it is that i have this relationship because there's just so much that i can do and there's just so much to be you know thankful for and to be appreciative of the mere fact that you are alive today and you're breathing is enough for us one thing i want to say is that we have been put on this earth just to be able to show that he exists like the reason we humans are here is to be able to appreciate all that he created because 
when did he create humans? Or like on the sixth day, he created everything else. He created everything else and then created humans for humans to be able to enjoy all his creation. So we're literally here to enjoy everything on earth. And once we leave the worldly desires and everything and we focus on building a relationship with him, we get to understand that we have been given so much power. I have so much power over my entire life, over anything that I want, anything that I need, anything that I desire, any way I want my life to go. I have access to God who can change it for me. So I never really have to worry about anything, about anything at all, because I depend on on someone who can just provide anything that I need. If one day I got up and said, fuck it, I want to be an astronaut. I can do that because I have faith in somebody who can get me to where I need to be. You know, your possibilities are endless by just having faith in this one true source. And if you guys want me to talk more about God, I really will. I can go on and on and on. I just want you to understand that he's all loving and all powerful. And he really isn't there to scrutinize or judge. He understands that we have flaws and we're humans all he wants you to do is love him obey him and just understand who he is get to have a relationship with him that way that you don't feel guilty when you talk to him because you know that you and him are like you know bffs like you you just really have a best friend to depend on forever for your entire life who will literally never fail you and never do you wrong because he wants to see you succeed because once you succeed And once people see you succeed, they know that, oh, it's probably because of this relationship that she has with God. So then it draws other people to him. That's really what he wants. He wants to use us to glorify his name. When I see somebody who has a strong faith in God, like let's say Tabitha Brown, and I see how much she's succeeding, it pushes me to get to know God more because I'm like, wow, look at how much she's accomplishing by having faith in God. Like it makes me want to have faith in God, you know? I look around to everybody around me who has a relationship with God and how well they're doing. And it pushes me to be closer to him. So all he wants us is to succeed so that other people, so that we can stunt on other people and other people can be drawn to him. So there's literally no cons in believing in God at all. I promise you. And if you guys want practical ways to build that relationship, you can start by watching sermons or listening to podcasts. My favorite sermons are by Joshua Salmon or Pastor Enoch from Christ Embassy Youth Church. I love these two podcasts, but start with the podcast CEYC Airport City Podcast. You can start with the episodes Young and Ready, and then you can go on to Growing Into Maturity. Those are the episodes that I really started and that really helped me understand, you know, who God really was. It was very insightful. I love the way he preaches, and he's a youth pastor, so he really connects with us you know teenagers and young adults on a different level than like you know all these old pastors would i also love joshua salmon just you know go on youtube watch sermons watch people's testimonies and stuff and then you can start with the bible app they have plans on there that you can do a plan each day and really get to know the bible and stuff like that and your life will change completely i promise you i hope you guys enjoyed this episode enjoyed hearing you know my testimony and stuff if you guys still have any questions at all about growing your faith or your religion or anything let me know and i will answer them for you thank you for listening thank you for being here honestly and i'm glad that you're here and i hope you have an amazing rest of the week okay (laughs) cool goodbye